0: is an odyssey original
1: this is coronavirus daily world on pause i'm charles feldman from the knx odyssey studios in los angeles
2: and i'm ken charles in for mike simpson since this pandemic began many doctors and scientists have talked about herd immunity no it's not your college rock band (laughs) that's when enough people are protected from the virus through either vaccination or natural infection it then either goes away or isn't much of a threat anymore. We've had natural infections and we've got the vaccine, but many scientists are now saying the U.S. may never hit herd immunity. We'll find out why and why that's important.
1: Yeah, and and that's been talked about almost from the beginning, right? About, you know, when are we going to reach herd immunity? Yep. And now they're going, well, maybe maybe never, you know? But
2: this whole virus has been that way. It's, wait, we're going to get to, oops, maybe not.
1: Right. Uh, Younger teenagers, by the way, they could soon be eligible for a vaccine shot, talking about, you know, getting to herd immunity here in the U.S.
2: Well, I didn't realize 22 percent of the American population is in that under 15 age group. Right. That's that alone. If they don't get vaccines, we don't get herd immunity. So hospital is now requiring all workers to get vaccine shots. Speaking of vaccine shots, we'll tell you where, what. And should more hospitals follow?
1: And, and I think a lot of people listening to this are going to be shocked. I think a lot of people think that if you go into a hospital, right, if, you know, more than a year into the pandemic, if you're going to go into a hospital, you think, well, the doctors and nurses, everybody there must be vaccinated. But apparently not true.
2: And you would think, listen, I trust doctors. About medical things. Yeah. I trust mathematicians about math things. If the medical people aren't willing to do this, did I make a mistake in getting my shot?
1: Let's start with herd immunity. And if we can get there, Dr. Joshua Mashad is the associate director for global health policy for the Kaiser Family Foundation, former infectious disease epidemiologist at the uh, Department of Defense. Rob uh, Archer and I asked the doctor if herd immunity is possible here.
0: Well, if you look at the United States, uh, we are doing a great job vaccinating uh, after a slow start, of course. Um, But, uh, you know, we have seen our progress in vaccination in terms of the pace of vaccinations slow over the last few weeks. And part of that is due to the fact that we have uh, pretty much reached most of the people who are enthusiastic about getting the vaccine. So that leaves people who are on the fence or are waiting to see about getting vaccinated. And then of course, there's the portion of the population that will not want to get a vaccine and say, they definitely don't want to be vaccinated. Um, And also of course, we know that, um, there is a significant portion of the population which is not yet eligible to be vaccinated, those under the age of 16. Uh, So that comprises about 22% of the population. So if you think about the 22% of kids, the uh, portion of the adults which don't want to be vaccinated Um, you know, you get a fairly significant chunk of the U.S. population that may not be vaccinated in the near future. And that, I think, is the concern that we might not reach this uh, magical herd immunity level of, say, over 70 or 80 percent of the population vaccinated. And that's really the concern here.
3: All right. So if we could get everybody vaccinated, uh, wouldn't that essentially just knock out the coronavirus? We wouldn't have to worry about it again. But if we are faced with this other situation where if you get everybody vaccinated, except the, the hardcore people who do not and will not ever get vaccinated, will that mean that coronavirus is going to stick around for a while?
0: Yeah. So herd immunity really refers to the idea that the virus wouldn't be able to find susceptible people to infect, um. And even if a person arrived, uh, you know, from someplace else in a community who was infected, they wouldn't run into anybody who was susceptible. Uh, So the higher the population immunity level, the less likely such an encounter is going to happen. So when you don't reach a high enough immunity level you might have instances where people do come into contact with susceptible people and and you know i don't want anybody to take away this idea that herd immunity is like an on and off switch that once we reach it we're good uh and before that point we're not good um, it, it's going to be uh definitely an effect and i think we're already seeing it uh as we approach a higher and higher level of population immunity Fewer and fewer cases are seen, uh, and we're going, I think, to see a a significant decline in cases in the United States because of the vaccine-induced immunity. So in the future, even if we have this portion of the population which isn't vaccinated, uh, we might see a few cases, sporadic cases here and outbreaks here and there, but nothing like the surges that we've seen in the past year. um, and, and, And that is a great news story, actually.
1: So people, though, need to get sort of out of their heads this notion that the coronavirus is going to, anytime soon, vanish from the the face of the earth, certainly not in other parts of the world where the uh, infection rate is continuing to climb. This is something that we are going to be living with in one way or another for quite some time, isn't it?
0: It does seem that way, uh, given what we've said about reaching uh, high levels of vaccinations and the fact that many other countries still, uh, you know, won't be able to vaccinate their populations because they don't have access to vaccines. And of course, there's the risk that we run as more and more uh, infections are out there that mutations and variants of the virus develop that can evade immune systems. Um, And so for all these reasons, It's likely that we will see in the United States, um, you know, sort of low level numbers of cases, hopefully among the people who are uh, lower risk. And because we vaccinated the people who are at high risk, like the elderly people with certain conditions, Uh, you know, so to get to the point where we're completely eliminated from the United States seems like a stretch. Uh, Even if we vaccinated a very high number uh, level of people, because we, we, we do know that this is a contagious virus, plus there is the entire uh, problem of uh, international travel and uh, potential for spread that way. So, yeah, it's going to be a long road, uh, and for the foreseeable future, we're going to see cases, but I think at a very much lower level because of our vaccination program.
3: Thank you. Dr. Joshua Michaud, Associate Director for Global Health Policy for the Kaiser Family Foundation.
1: Pfizer now submitting all the paperwork for emergency use authorization of its vaccine for kids 12 to 15 years old.
2: Results look really good from the trials. So when will shots start going into arms? Dr. Norman Baylor is president and CEO of Biologics Consulting and a former director of the Office of Vaccines Research and Review at the FDA. Charles and Rob asked him if there's a chance kids younger than 12 will ever be getting vaccinated.
4: Uh, that's the trial that has uh, completed now with uh, with the Pfizer vaccine, 12 to 15. But they have another study that's ongoing uh, that's actually enrolling. And that trial will cover six months to 11 years of age. And as I said, that's recruiting. So there may be a recommendation once that trial is over and the FDA reviews that data that will go down to as low as six months of age. Why is it
1: important for young children to be vaccinated for COVID when, you know, we've heard throughout this awful pandemic that COVID tends to not be particularly uh, a difficult disease for very young children. Why then is it important, in your view, for them to be vaccinated?
4: Uh, three things. Uh, the, you're correct that in general, children uh, receive a, a mild case. However, children can transmit the vaccine to their mom, to their dad, to grandma. And so it's important to make sure that uh, they they don't uh, in spread, infect or spread uh, the virus to uh, others. Also, the American Academy of Pediatrician. Uh, came out on with data from April 29th, there are about uh, 3.78 children tested positive for COVID. That's about 13.8% of the total accumulated cases. And about one and a half to 3% of uh, children are hospitalized. So it's not trivial uh, with children. So it's very important to, uh, to make that contribution uh, to fighting this pandemic to uh, immunize or vaccinate children.
3: Are you got a contingent of people who are opposed to getting this vaccine? They're going to refuse to take it. Are you afraid that uh, once they make uh, younger kids, like twelve, and even younger than that, eligible for the vaccine, that the pushback will get uh, will get even more virulent?
4: Uh, I I hope not, but uh, one never knows. But the good news is that people really stepped up with their children to participate in these clinical trials. The clinical trial with twelve at the ages of twelve to fifteen they enrolled about 2,200 adolescents. Uh, The trial with six months to 11 years of age children, uh, that's enrolling uh, 4,600 children. So parents are stepping up to have their children participate in these trials. And I'm hopeful that they will also have children uh, participate uh, in in getting the vaccine once it's authorized by the Food and Drug Administration. Keep in mind that you have... uh, kids have play dates. You'd like to get these kids back into those play dates. You like to get these children back into daycare, back into school. So there's a big incentive. You want to get them out out of the
1: house is what you want to do.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You said that. I didn't. (laughs) What
1: what do you uh, tell, though? I know, uh, and I'm sure you do, too, that there are some, I'm sure, anti-vaxxers out there listening to this right now who are who think, they have really good reasons why their children and perhaps themselves ought not to be vaccinated. What do you what do you tell them?
4: Uh, this pandemic is real. Uh, we have over five hundred and sixty uh, m- million people in the United States who've uh, succumbed to this. And so this uh, this is not not um 560 1,000 deaths, but uh, and so this is a deadly disease, and it's uh, important that we try to protect uh, as many people as we can, and the vaccine is the one way to do this. The one way to really protect ourselves and our loved ones is to get a vaccine, and these vaccines have been proven to be safe and effective, and they've been reviewed by um, very highly qualified scientists and clinicians. the food and drug administration
1: all
3: right thank you dr norman baylor president and ceo of biologics consulting
1: coming up after this short break a hospital is the first to force all of its workers to get vaccinated so we were talking a little bit earlier in the podcast ken about you know people i think are going to be surprised that a lot of hospitals most actually are not requiring their staff to be vaccinated against uh, covid for all sorts of, of reasons houston methodist hospital though is requiring all of its workers to get vaccinated it is by the way the first in the country to do so
2: and it probably won't be the last although it's no. A surprise that the hospital that's the first to do this is in texas Yeah. One of the states that has been the least stringent with its recommendations and its guidelines for following COVID. It
1: is a little weird, isn't it?
2: Right. It It might as well be Florida. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Dr. Sarah Madad is senior director of the special pathogens program for the NYC hospital system. You might have also seen her in the Netflix documentary Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak. Charles and Rob asked if people should be shocked that hospitals don't require all their workers to get vaccinated.
5: Well, you know, I think it's important to probably understand that healthcare workers are very similar to the general public and why they don't want to get vaccinated. But to your question, should they be shocked? I think at this point, um, not so not so much, you know, knowing that uh, I think a couple of things. First, these are emergency authorized vaccines, so they don't have the full approval. So to have mandate of getting a vaccine is a little bit tricky. And we know that there are certain uh, healthcare systems, you know, today, you know, for example, was the news in Texas um, of healthcare system mandating uh, getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, so it's definitely tricky, but it's not unprecedented. And the reason why I say that is because for flu vaccines, uh, many healthcare systems mandate that for employees, especially with, uh, in healthcare settings, because these are where patients present they're vulnerable. Uh, there's a higher chance of obviously being able to transmit the, the virus. And so it's not surprising on that front.
3: When the vaccines first started rolling out, uh, frontline medical workers were among the first to line up to be given the shots because of uh, they worked with sick people and people already sick with the coronavirus, people with other medical conditions that needed to be protected. So we're hearing that, you know, hospitals have not yet required all staff to be vaccinated. But w- what really is, is the risk that if, if I go to the hospital uh, later today that I'm going to be treated by a doctor or a staff member at a hospital who is not vaccinated? What's the risk of that actually?
5: Well, you know, first, healthcare professionals are wearing personal protective equipment. And so the risk of transmitting, uh, you know, the the virus to others while the risk is not zero, it's still low, be- given the, the precautions that are taking place with the administrative controls, the engineering controls, um, you know, and the various PPE that's being worn. But at the same time, you know, if you're looking at the survey and the stats, you know, a good half percent of frontline healthcare workers are about 48 percent based on the most recent polls um, have not received a COVID-19 vaccine, despite being the fact that they are in direct care of uh, patients. Um, and so that is very concerning. And if you're looking at some even more recent poll results, you're seeing that about 58% of employed healthcare workers said they would support getting a mandate for employees uh, who work with patients for the COVID-19 vaccine. And 42% said they would oppose such a requirement. And within that 42%, uh, that that percentage had mentioned that 65% of them said they would quit if it was a condition of employment. So it's definitely a tricky subject, but there are ways to um, look at increasing vaccine uptake and building confidence in vaccines without mandating it at this moment. And many of us are doing that in these healthcare systems. There's educational efforts. There's incentives. There's also an opt out type of option. So many of well, many yeah, are pursuing.
1: But there's also another option, too, which is if they don't want to get vaccinated, you fire them.
5: It's, a, if it's a, Exactly. So if it's a condition of employment, then that would require that would result in suspension or being let go.
3: Um, I can understand the pushback. Uh, Maybe you're not an expert in this, but uh, because these are not officially approved, they're emergency approved. Could someone make a legal case for you can't make me get a vaccine as a condition of having a job here?
5: You know, certainly I think an attorney would have to probably provide some more insight. But certainly since these are not fully approved vaccines and you would still require consent since they're emergency authorized, it would be, uh, you know, you're, you're in a sticky situation. But. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, no one has a right to spread COVID-19, especially if you are in a situation where you are at higher risk of giving it to others that are vulnerable. Um, and that, goes, hold, that holds true for all routine immunizations that we have, whether it's measles and other vaccine-preventable diseases. Nobody has the right to spread something like COVID-19 that's deadly to other people. So we want to make sure people get vaccinated even without a mandate.
3: All right. You might want to get that. I think somebody's calling you. Uh, Dr. Saramadhan, thank you for joining us. Senior Director of the Special Pathogens Program for the New York City Hospital System.
1: New Jersey may have found the best way to encourage vaccine holdouts to get a shot. If you get your first dose this month, <laughs> I love this one, you get a free beer. It's called the Shot on a Beer program.
2: It's a Boilermaker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thirteen. It's great. Thirteen breweries in the state are taking part, and they're offering the free beer. Now, obviously, you know, it's not just for people. It's just for people, rather, 21 and older. That's what they say. Yeah, right. I wonder how many people are going to write. Yeah, they're going to go, yeah, I, I'm I'm 21. Uh-huh. Uh, people have to show their vaccine cards as proof before receiving their vaccine. Uh, reward.
2: So not only does New Jersey have the best pizza in the United States, according to Food and Wine magazine, but it now has a beer and a shot to wash it down with.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I don't, (laughs) I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't, I just don't buy that. That story is for another day. Yeah, my mind's closed to that one.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Food and Wine magazine (laughs) says New Jersey has the best pizza in the United States.
1: Yeah, but they also, they also say Connecticut has the third best pizza. I wouldn't have a scrambled egg in Connecticut. No, you're right. And I so. Have
2: a pizza in Connecticut either. <laughs> what you can, though, get in Connecticut is this Odyssey original podcast. You can also get it in the other 49 states <laughs> by listening to Odyssey.com and on the Odyssey.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And be sure to hit the subscribe button.
1: I'm going to go and get a pizza and a beer now.